0: Honesty, passion, experience. It's Timberwolves Explosion, hosted on the sportstuff.com. And now, your host, Paladino Joey. Hello again Timberwolves fans. Are you ready for the explosion of Timberwolves basketball? I am your host Paladino Joey. Or Joey Awijan. Timberwolves Explosion is available on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Double Twists. It's a pleasure to be back on board once again today as we will have a Timberwolves and NBA season preview for you today. And just a couple things to need to get off my chest, of course, as the season has already started, but. Yeah, we will look at the two games, segment number two, we'll look at the two games briefly and preview some upcoming games briefly, this and that, and then fan interaction will be segment number three. So three segments show the big one, will start things off right here. <laughs> Biggest and the best right at the beginning, the season preview, and of course a lot of things a lot of us would like to get off our chest regarding Tom Thibodeau, Jimmy Butler, Glenn Taylor, yeah, and of course, again, predictions for the season. How do I want to organize this? It's not going to be easy. But of course, we'll go hard and heavy into the Timberwolves first. Then we'll go into the NBA season preview, predictions, this and that. And Will it be the same old crap winning the championship? Yeah, probably. I don't know. But we'll come back to that in a little bit. It'll be a different opponent. It'll be a different opponent in the NBA Finals. Versus that, that, that team that plays in Northern California. So we'll get back to that shortly. Let's talk about the topics at hand that are staring us right in the face. Jimmy Butler's still on the roster. You know that. Jimmy Butler's playing for the Timberwolves. Um, I wish I could have gotten the show out a week ago, talked about other things, and then, well, kind of caught up in a second version of the show today. But we're going to kind of get to what we can here. I'm going to do the best I can to give it justice, all the BS that's taking place and the frustration that certain fans may have. I have a little frustration with some of you out there that seem to think everything's a okay. And then Jimmy Butler walking on the court and you're going to cheer for him? and Tom Thibodeau's the coach, and you're perfectly fine with that? I find that strange. I'm confused with that. Do I trust the process? Absolutely not. But who is the problem here? Who is the real root of the problem with the Minnesota Timberwolves? I'm turning my guns to a new person. There was Jimmy Butler, of course, voicing everything, and then you go to voicing his big mouth, running his mouth in practice, this and that. Tom Thibodeau just sitting there, doing nothing about it. But who really is the Nero sitting while Rome burns? Who is that? Who is the who is the Julius Caesar, or, well, Nero Caesar, or whatever, of the Timberwolves here? Who's the real leader of the Timberwolves that needs to step in and do something? The person that has the final say at the end of the day. Regardless if it's basketball issues or not. Regardless if you want to give Tom Thibodeau freedom or not. It's you, Glenn Taylor. It's you. That's right. Uh, Glenn Taylor. You know, I love the guy when he's on radio shows, podcasts, The Scoop Podcast, Chad Hartman, Dan Barrero, Paul Allen, which isn't as often. It's usually like the later shows in the day. But, um, you know, I love the guy's personality. He's interesting to talk. Uh, you know, he's he's an interesting interview. He would be somebody that I would love to talk to one day. But this is the kind of leadership that leads to disaster. This is the kind of leadership that leads to a rotting foundation. And what happens to rotting foundations? They crumble. And what happens when the foundation crumbles? Everybody dies, so to speak. And of course, this is not literal. (laughs) It's not literal at all. Kevin Garnett made a statement last week. TNT broadcast, I believe. Area 21, all that stuff that Glenn Taylor doesn't know shit about basketball. Well, you know what? I don't agree with that. Glenn Taylor doesn't know shit about basketball. But he doesn't know shit about running a team. That's the sad part, and that's what I'm sad about. Very sad, and it's never going to change. Um, Glenn, uh, Kevin McHale was the vice president of basketball before they called him the president. Actually, Glenn Taylor was considered the president of basketball back then, and nothing was done about it forever. I mean, I've stated numerous times I would have fired Kevin McHale and... Please forgive me when I say this, because this is 2001. <laughs> I would have fired Kevin McHale and Flip Saunders after the Timberwolves got swept by the Dallas Mavericks in the 2001 playoff. Swept. After all the, that time the team was together, this move, that move. If we can't get any further, both of you have to go. And we got to go in a different direction. A completely different president of basketball or vice president and a completely different coach. God bless Flip Saunders. I'll love him forever, but I'm just saying that's the move I would have made. But Glenn Taylor never made that move. Things got a little better for a couple seconds. There was a little herky-jerk. There was a little jump in the market there when Kevin McHale finally got aggressive rather than sat on his ass and did nothing. Now, of course, it didn't help having Scott Cap problems for as long as we did, and we're going to be right back in that problem again now. <laughs> With these contracts, you know we will be. <laughs> but welcome to the NBA. Welcome to the... Cell- <laughs> welcome to the NBA. You're, you're always going to have massive contracts... And they're going to slow you out down your progress to make uh, other free agent signings unless you get some miracle jump in the salary cap, which happened a couple years ago. But no, Glenn Taylor has never made these moves. He just never makes a move on somebody, regardless what it is. Um, God bless. Again, I love Flip Saunders forever. As president of basketball operations, he was the best we ever had. By miles and miles and miles. Daylight is second place. There is no second best president of basketball operations for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Vice President of Basketball Operations. General Manager, Floor Sweeper. Flip Saunders was the best thing that ever happened to this uh, team in terms of President of Basketball. At Uh, the end of the day. (laughs) David Kahn. That's the only time Glenn Taylor made a move was to get rid of David Kahn. However, however... Okay, I hate that guy. Stephen A. Smith. Oh, what a big mouth he is. But, okay. I like his accent sometimes. I like East Coast accents. However, who hired... David Kahn, Glenn Taylor, who put? <laughs> I mean, really, who hired David Kahn? I mean, with all the other candidates out there, and this, the idiotic way they went about hiring people, and it scared Lindsey away. the uh, San Antonio Spurs executive, or was it the Portland Trailblazers executive that worked with the Spurs? This and that. Who scared him away? All these stupid procedures you have to do, but oh, Mister Sportswriter. Writer, he's the best. Uh, he's the best man for the job. Yep, that was David Kahn. And then you need a search firm to find a guy in Tom Thibodeau? How can you not know who Tom Thibodeau is, by the way? How can you not have a pretty good idea of Tom Thibodeau's body of work? You need to hire a search firm to hire Tom Thibodeau. You saw the issues he took place, regardless if you think he was somehow a victim. I can't imagine John Paxson being a dictator, by the way, with the Chicago Bulls. I I just can't envision that. John Paxson, a dictator? That guy? He looked like a mild-mannered dude who wasn't all that bad. Plus, he hit the game-winning shot in the 1993 uh, Finals. Game 6 on the road in Phoenix, Arizona. Can't imagine him being too bad. I believe it was uh, United Arena, I think? Ah, it's too long ago. uh, America West Arena? I can't remember. Back in the good old days. Phoenix Suns, 93. Good team, but uh, holy bleep. uh, Michael Jordan showed up to play in that series and see what happens when defense is no good. You bring in a guy who's Got this great defensive uh, prowess with the Boston Celtics, Houston Rockets, which never played much defense, but he was the, an assistant there for a while, um, and then he was head coach of the Bulls, this and that, kind of a, and he turned out to sound, he looked like a streaming lunatic most of the time, you see one guy after another fall, his career fall early due to just wear and tear like you wouldn't believe, I mean, Joakim Noah, what is he, like 31, 32, and... You might as well be 42. I mean, he's ancient history, basically. Like, nobody would even think of signing a guy like that. And then you have people like, you know, obviously, Luol Deng. Uh, Derek Rose, was that a freak injury? Probably. But again, you need, bottom line, you need a search for him to find Tom Thibodeau. Everybody knows who he is. And you didn't use the search term. The search term didn't look for anybody else besides Tom Thibodeau. Did they really do any true research? Into Tom Thibodeau, the issues that took place. So, I don't know. It's kind of all the same stuff here, in a lot of ways. Maybe guys aren't uh, burnt out just yet, because he hasn't been here long enough. But they're burnt out on him. (laughs) You have Dodge Gibson, like I talked about in the last show. Saying, basically, players need to tune him out. Well, if players need to tune the coach out, that means they don't respect the coach, and they don't really need to listen to him. And if players are tuning out the coach, that means he's not really... He's lost the locker room, basically. I think he did a long time ago. I think players are playing in spite of Tom Thibodeau, just like the Vikings played in spite of of, uh, Brad Childress in the 2010 season. Pardon me. Glenn Taylor, it's you, buddy. It's you, because you have the power to make the move. And you're not making the move. And talk is that Glenn Taylor is not interested in making a move right now. All this nonsense goes on, and Glenn Taylor sits there. He, he, He did no interviews all summer. No interviews. It's one thing if a guy doesn't want to do interviews, but what was the reason? Usually he was pretty accessible, one of the more friendly, you know, media-friendly guys and just generally friendly guys out there in terms of ownership and such. But then you have this odd, odd situation here going on, and nothing's going on with the owner. No moves are being made. And you're just sitting here wondering, what is going on? Why isn't he stepping in? Why isn't he saying anything? Other than, oh, well, we're going to trade Jimmy Butler. Well, then do it. (laughs) Move after move after move. And the ultimate thing here for me, that Tom Thibodeau should have been fired on the spot, and I don't know why. Again, nothing's being done about it. But, well, Jimmy Butler, (laughs) one thing about him, you can hate this and that about him, but one thing he's not is a liar in terms of he's going to be honest. And he told Rachel Nichols that he wanted to... uh, be traded four days after the offseason he let tom thibodeau know and tom thibodeau basically said he just found out about it in september so my response to that is this lawyer you liar you and of course my response to both of them is this just get the hell out go back where the hell you came from enough is enough get them both out of here as soon as possible and that's all i gotta say Glenn Taylor needs to make some, needs to, I mean, he needed to step in and let Tom Thibodeau go. Literally, Tom Thibodeau hid (laughs) this information from Glenn Taylor during the summer, and nothing's being done about it. Does Tom, I mean, what type of power does Tom Thibodeau have over Glenn Taylor? I mean, this is the strangest situation I've ever seen. So, at the end of the day, I have no idea what to say, what to make of it. My brain is, uh, raveled right now. It's all twisted up. That might be why I might seem a tiny bit disoriented, because it's exhausting. It's exhausting to think about, and it's very sad as a Timberwolves fan since 1989, 91, whatever year you want to say. Casual, 89 into 91, and then from there on, hardcore fan ever since. I was pretty young back in 89, about 10, I believe, but yeah, 89 is now 29 years ago. 29 years in the rears, so do the math there. I'm 39 now, and still waiting for uh, (laughs) something. Still waiting for some positive, consistent, positive direction to this franchise. There was consistent playoff teams back in the day, but the team got stagnant about four or five years in, and Shaquille O'Neal stated in the past, when it's about six years in and you have a young group of players and they're not progressing, it's time to, fight, it's time to move on from the coach. It's the same coach, and the team has not progressed at all during that time. It's time to move on, and I think, again, Tim Timberwolves should have made that move in 2001. Both coach and GM should have been gone. And Well, nothing was done, and here we are again. I, I understand Thibodeau is only two years in, and Tom, Glenn Taylor would have to spend, would have to pay about twenty million to Tom Thibodeau, and that's uh, un- understandably a ridiculous amount of money. But well, hello TV contract, hello this, hello that. I know no owner can cry poor because of the TV contract, <sighs> though I do think the player contracts are a little ridiculous. I'm going to kind of leave that alone. We could spout off about that on the next show. With that said, Jimmy Butler's on the roster, and Tom Thibodeau's the coach, and they got booed like hell in the Cleveland game. And I was happy to hear that. Um, though there are some fans screaming and cheering. I don't get you. I don't understand. It's okay to cheer for your team. But it's also very much okay to boo a player that wants no part of your team. You are not a bandwagon fan if you boo Tom, uh, Tom Thibodeau or Jimmy Butler. And if anybody ever tells you that, tell them where to stick it. And tell them to stick it as hard as possible, because the hell with that crap. You are a fan. You deserve to be, <laughs> you deserve to voice your opinion. You deserve the right to voice your opinion and your frustration in this type of situation. And damn it, anyway, I'm doing it right now. So what do you think of that? <laughs> <laughs> not that I'm, it's not funny at all. It's not, it's not funny. That's more of a nervous, frustrated chuckle, because that's kind of where we are that's where we are. Let's look at the team a little bit. Can't say I'm happy that Gorgie Zhang hasn't. Gorgie Zhang. There I go again. Mr. Okogie hasn't been playing the first couple games, but this and that. Of course, you have good players on the roster. Carl, uh, Carl, uh, Carl Anthony Towns, big giant $180 million contract edition. I've liked the early start for Andrew Wiggins' season for the most part, but you're going to want a hell of a lot more for what you're paying him. So Nunnally hasn't seen any minutes yet. It's just kind of a little rotation here and there. Like the start of uh, Mr. Tyus Jones. He's back, this and that. And we kind of all pretty much... It's pretty much the same roster coming back. Other than uh, no Aldrich. (laughs) That's about it at the end of the day. Derek Rose back, this and that. Certainly has the energy, but a lot of his game is kind of not the same. No rhyme intended there. But uh, that's kind of the state here. How do I think this team can do? I do think they can have a decent season. With or without Jimmy Butler, the players are there to have a decent season. Carl Anthony Towns has had a terrible start to the year. And again, we'll talk about that in segment number two. We'll get more into the actual individual players on the roster and generally the games and such there. But we can also talk about the players here as well. Terrible start to his season, and I can imagine what's going on. I can imagine it's in his head in a big way. Um, And sooner or later, Glenn Taylor's going to have to do something. He's going to have to make a major move, and it's got to be done. Obviously, Jimmy Butler talk again. The the trade talk again. Centered around the Miami Heat. Los Angeles Clippers. Houston Rockets. Sounds like the Rockets deal is kind of not realistic. Clippers, they don't want to part with Tobias Harris. And I don't know why that is. They need to part with Tobias Harris if they want Jimmy Butler. But okay, fine. It's okay to be uh, hard on the deal sometimes if you want to get more. And if more is to be had, then hold out. But... If you can get Josh Richardson from Miami, that would be fantastic. Would be a nice Jimmy Butler replacement. Much younger. Hopefully more durable. I got to think. Can add a protected pick. Maybe Kelly Olenek. Uh Sounds like the Timberwolves got no part of Deion Waiters. That's been a part of the deal. They pretty much had that deal agreed in principle. They were exchanging physicals and all that. And then uh, supposedly Tom Thibodeau backed out at the last moment. And there was rumors out there that Pat Riley basically called Tom Thibodeau an MF, but since then, has, he has denied it. Not surprisingly, of course, somebody's going to deny something like that, so regardless if it's true or not, but that's the information out there. Is it real? Is it false? Who knows? Who cares? Just get a deal done, <laughs> and uh, I would love to have Josh Richardson on the Timberwolves. A protected pick is what it is. You can hopefully get something, and well, that's on you to draft somebody, because there always are, there always are players there. You just got to find him. And that's your bleeping job. That's why you make seven figures a year most of you guys out there that are high up executives for basketball teams. So, it's a wonderful feeling when you do take the right players. San Antonio. <laughs> teams like that. And the Northern California team as well. They took a pretty good second round pick back in the day. but what was that? It was about 2011, I believe. Pretty good second round pick, though he drives everybody nuts. His personality is that of somebody who should be undrafted rookie and get cut from the team but his game is well beyond uh, that so we'll leave that alone let's look at the teams this and that and I'll continue to kind of jump into the Timberwolves here and there as well let's look into the NBA preview here and there Eastern Conference you got obviously a team in Toronto that acquired Kawhi Leonard in the offseason 59 wins last year there's no reason they can't do that again Boston Celtics are healthy and ready to rock and roll they look wonderful Kyrie Irving's healthy Gordon Hayward's healthy They're a year older and wiser, some of those young players on that team. Jalen Brown and others. uh, You gotta love what Rozier brought to that club. Philadelphia is always dangerous and they're a team that can sneak up and maybe have have a little playoff run this year. I wouldn't be surprised if they get far, but we'll have to wait and see. I don't think Cleveland makes the playoffs this year. The Bulls shouldn't, but Zach Levine's looking awfully good. 30-point game recently. Miami Heat definitely can win the division again last year. They won it by one game over the uh, Washington... Capitals, right? The Washington Wizards. Charlotte Horn- Hornets have a decent start to the season for the most part. Orlando and Atlanta, well, I don't think so. I think they're going to be at the bottom of that division. This and that. That's the Southeast Division. Central Division. Who's going to win that one? I mean, I've got to go with the, Indiana and Milwaukee. It's got to be those two. I mean, Chicago should be in the mix, but I don't think they're going to win the division. They might be able to squeeze in as an eighth seed. New York Knicks over there again in the very tough Atlantic division. Not because Brooklyn's in it, but because Philadelphia, Boston, and Toronto are in it. That's a tough division. And those three are definitely going to be carrying the conference, I think, in a lot of ways. Um, The Eastern Conference champion, it's safe to say, will come out of the Atlantic division. If it doesn't, I'll be stunned. I mean, Indiana winning the East? Wow. Miami? Washington? No. Charlotte? (laughs) No. Charlotte's going to be in the hunt, in the mix, so to speak, for the 8th, 7th, 8th seed, Chicago, teams like that. Milwaukee, I mean, you got the Greek Freak, you got Middleton, and you have Shabazz Muhammad in and out. I don't know what to think about all that, but Milwaukee, and you got DiVincenzo added to the mix, too. Um, I kind of think the Bucks could win 50 games this year. You got a player in Giannis who is just absolutely fantastic. they the Greek Freak, of course. Indiana's got Oladipo and the Young Sabonis. I, I like that team, too. I think Milwaukee wins the division, Indiana's second, Chicago third, and it's trying vying for that flash playoff spot or two. New York Knicks will be vying for it. How far will they get? Hard to say. The Eastern Conference champions. Well, let's go with the flop and the surprise first. So the surprise. Of this year, a team that's going to probably have a much better year than some people out there might think. I think it's the Charlotte Hornets. I think they make the playoffs and win 40 to 45 games. And they're going to, maybe they might squeak past somebody to get to the second round. They might even win the Southeast Division. What do you think of that? Miami should win that division, I think. And obviously Washington's got talent. They always have had talent there. But are they ever going to actually, like, (laughs) are they actually going to achieve what they can do? I'm not sure. But I think Charlotte is kind of a, a sneaky little... Team that could do something this year in the Eastern Conference, they're going to uh, achieve. They're going to overachieve, I think. Some of your expectations out there, and make the playoffs. A flop, a team that's going to drop off dramatically. Well, Cleveland, of course, because LeBron James is gone, but a team that will ultimately not uh, reach expectations this year. Oh boy, it's tough because it's like teams bounce this and that. I mean, Toronto, Boston, or Philadelphia, one of them is probably not going to be as good as a lot of us thought. One of them will be disappointing, and that'll be the third-place team. I don't know. I mean, Philadelphia needs to take that next step. Obviously, they just got started last year, so I can't pick them. Boston and Toronto, God. I think Boston's going to win 60 games this year. I I really do. Toronto, though, there's no reason they shouldn't have a nice run either. And, God, I don't know. I, I really don't know who's going to really disappoint this year. I think Washington's going to... Somehow, I just... I don't know. I think it's Washington that's going to kind of be disappointing. Maybe they'll miss the playoffs and have to make a change of coach. And I love Scott Brooks, but I don't know what's happening there. I think they should be doing better than they are. That's kind of my feeling on the Washington uh, Wizards. I call them the Capitals, the Washington Wizards. I think they're going to drop off a little bit. I can't really pick a pointed team that's going to really... Be a huge disappointment and a colossal bomb, but there always is. New York Knicks only won 29 games last year and they, they have talent and they're probably going to get something. There's rumors about Kyrie Irving and Jimmy Butler, this and that. That would certainly hurt the Celtics, but then again, who would the Celtics get? So, it's all up in the air. It's weird. All this possible player movement out there could make things very interesting, but I'll just say Washington is probably not going to achieve expectations that some of you may have. Eastern Conference Finals, Should I go boring? And I guess I kind of almost have to because they didn't get worse. These two teams didn't get worse other than, well, it's disappointing to think that Toronto moved on from Casey. That's kind of crazy. Detroit might surprise a little bit. They might get better. Obviously, Dwayne Casey's a better coach than, uh, you know, he's a better fit for Detroit. I, I think he's a natural fit. I mean, Detroit's culture over decades has been defense. And Dwayne Casey's a defensive coach. Much more than offense, but he's capable of running a decent offense because look what he had in Toronto. Awesome backcourt. So he's capable of... Uh, well, let's just say he didn't hold them back, this and that. He didn't necessarily develop those guys, though uh, DeRozan did develop under him. And again, Dwayne Casey is a good developer of young players. I shouldn't say that. He is, but it's more of a defensive kind of minded coach that's capable of getting the mo- the best out of young guys. So Detroit's another one that should be a, a positive. Uh, they should be knocking on the door of the playoffs. I, I think they replaced Cleveland, actually, at the end of the day, and maybe Charlotte replaces Washington. It's going to be something like that. Eastern Conference Finals, long story longer, I guess Toronto and Boston. I, I don't think Philadelphia is ready to knock off Toronto or Boston. I don't. Um, they're going to get closer this year, though. They're going to be knocking on the door. They're going to have to beat Toronto or Boston to get to the Eastern Conference Finals, and I don't think they're going to survive Toronto and Boston. So, Boston and Toronto, Eastern Conference Finals, something like a six-game series or so with the Boston Celtics, representing the Eastern Conference for the first time since 2008 and as they did many years ago, many, 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 many times back in the 80s and beyond. Boston Celtics will be the Kings of the East again and they're going to be the Kings of the East for a long time, very positively. Toronto is going to make it interesting though, again like a six-game series or so. Kawhi Leonard is the would be the reason Toronto could represent uh, the NBA Finals and have Canada in the NBA Finals for the first time ever. I had a feeling they were going to last year but they just didn't get it done. Boston Celtics are going to the NBA Finals. Let's get to the Western Conference. Same old crap, right? Except for a certain guy with number 23, Vince Germano, Vinrock Vinnie Rock Vince Germano. <laughs> Victoria Providence Melbourne Australia's best and Stu Benson, Kalen Woods, shout out to all of you guys of the Courtside Faithful, and of course Vinrock and Stu Benson, both members of that show, along with Wayne Wayne Hunt, who is a big time Memphis Grizzlies fan, and I don't blame him for that, it's a fun team, but it's a shame that they had such a crappy year, horrible matchup for the Timberwolves though, <laughs> jeez, <laughs> jeez, yeah, Marcus Gasol versus Carl Anthony Towns, and that's been an ongoing issue. One big man after another just eats Carl Anthony Towns, like, it just eats him for lunch. Northwest Division, certainly the toughest in terms of, well, just look at this. First place, Portland. Second place, Oklahoma City. Uh, First place, Portland with 49 wins. Oklahoma City, 48. Utah, 48. Minnesota, 47. Denver, 46. And Denver missed the playoffs with 46 wins last year. San Antonio Spurs, well, they played fairly well against the Timberwolves, but... They always play well against the Timberwolves, particularly down there in good old San Antonio. but uh, I don't know. I don't think you're going to have a bunch of 48-win teams this year in the Western Conference. You'll have some, but I think the New Orleans Pelicans are ready to win 50-something, and they just might be a surprise. I picked the Pelicans to be a surprise in the Western Conference because, well, I don't think too many people were expecting the Pelicans to win 55-plus this year, and I think they're going to. They whooped up on the Houston Rockets. Last year, The Pelicans had to win their last five games to get in the position they got in last season. New Orleans Pelicans, if they stay healthy, they are going to be extremely dangerous in the the Western Conference. Second place in the Pacific Division. I don't want to even mention who's going to finish in first place in the Pacific Division, but that team, the team that's the farthest north in California... They well, California is going to be making the playoffs. Two California teams will be making it, and it ain't the Clippers. The Lakers are going to make it. I mean, do you really think LeBron James and the Lakers are not going to make the playoffs this year? Of course they're going to make it. They lost in Portland because it's in Portland. That's a tough game. It's a tough it's tough and it's they're just getting started. The chemistry isn't there necessarily, but it didn't look that bad and he, LeBron James looks like another Magic Johnson out there. The only difference is if you have dyslexia, the numbers backwards. That that's all. You just feel dyslexic looking at him with the twenty-three versus thirty-two for Magic Johnson. Um, he plays like Magic Johnson in a lot of ways, up and down the court, nice little passes leading that fast break. Showtime is back. Showtime's back. What a nice fit. What a nice fit. LeBron James finally in the Western Conference, much to our chagrin, because everybody's in the Western Conference. Jiminy Christmas. <laughs> everybody's in the Western Conference. Uh, it's harsh. Lakers are going to make the playoffs, guys. They will make it. Win the championship, no, but they are absolutely going to make it. 45 plus wins. Los Angeles Lakers at least get the 7th or 8th seed, which means, well, Spurs and possibly Timberwolves will be out. We'll see. Clippers will definitely not make it. Oklahoma City, I don't know, man. Well, Houston's got flop written all over them, don't they? They, they kind of do. Oklahoma City is a team that's, you know, I, I like them, and well... <laughs> with Carmelo Anthony no longer in the mix, it's kind of like, the chemistry's gotta be better, right? I like Andre Robertson, Paul George, blah blah blah. I don't like Paul George for agreeing with uh, Mr. Uh, Jimmy Butler, but then again, I agree about the softness of the players on the Timberwolves, but I don't agree with all the other BS that he's bringing into the uh, the picture. It's extremely frustrating to hear all that crap. Russell Westbrook, to me, is one of the reasons. Now, of course, you, you think, okay, Westbrook is, man, that's a pretty deep Play a position at point guard, by the way. Dennis Schrader, what the hell? Weird situation there, but I think Schrader may see some shooting guard. Um, he's gonna have to. Uh Russell Westbrook is is the reason the Oklahoma City Thunder are good, right? Because of his overall talent. But Russell Westbrook also is the reason why the Oklahoma City Thunder never get far in the playoffs. Because what does Russell Westbrook do in the playoffs? Now come on, don't don't lie. Don't don't hide the truth. <laughs> he guns and he does too much. He does it too much anyway. He never stops. He'll shoot you right out of a game because he gets just he gets too out of control. He puts up stupid ass shots, air balls with uh, two men draped over him because he just refuses refuses to give up the rock at key times. Michael Jordan had to learn that and he got damn good at it, and that helped the Bulls win win six championships. But of course, the first three is what got it going, and then that next group is a little different. <laughs> Dennis Schrader, nice addition. Not sure how that's going to mesh though. Nice addition in terms of talent. Mesh, meshing in the locker room, meshing on the court. I don't know. It's going to be interesting, but uh, I don't know. Oklahoma City is a team that could flop very easily, and they've lost their first two games. They could flop very easily. Um, what Russell Westbrook is very much like Allen Iverson, and all of you out there love Allen Iverson. He's one of your favorite players. I never really liked Allen Iverson because, same reason. he'll He'll gun you right out of the game, and that's annoying. As great as he was. He would gun you right out of a game. When it takes like 35 shots to score 35 points, you, you 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 got a problem. I don't care how awful you think your teammates are, that's bullshit, man. You're not making them any better by doing that. They're not. So whatever. Oklahoma City actually might be, uh might miss the playoffs. They might because of that. We'll we'll see what happens. I mean, they were only two games ahead of Denver, so simple math there. Two games, 48, 46. So they might miss. Houston, I think, is going to be disappointing. They're not going to win 65 games again. Carmelo Anthony's a cancer. Uh, I know a lot of you out there don't like the guy Nate, formerly known as Coach Pringles because he shaved his mustache. That would be uh, Mike Dan Tony of the Houston Rockets. I do think they're going to drop off this year. Maybe 55 wins. They're going to be still be very good. They're still going to be very dangerous. But I wouldn't be surprised if the Pelicans sneak up and win the division or, say, tie for the division type of thing. It's like a half—well, not a half game, but a game difference between the two— Pelicans either win or barely lose the division type of thing, but Pelicans will be right up at the top with the Houston Rockets in the Western Conference. They might end up being the top, the second seed possibly. Golden State's going to be the number one seed. Golden State's going to be in the Western Conference Finals. Duh, the team that will surprise and exceed expectations. <sighs> New Orleans, duh, the team that's going to disappoint a little bit. Houston, uh, a team that's going to move up. They're going to continue to move up. Is the Utah Jazz. Yeah, you all love Ricky Rubio. I know. But there's more to the Jazz than just Rubio. Uh, Donovan Mitchell is wonderful. And so are other players on that team. Great coach and Quinn Snyder. Utah Jazz win 52-55 to games. And they will have home court advantage in the first round. And we'll see what happens. Who's going to represent the uh, other side of the Western Conference Finals versus the Golden State Warriors? New Orleans. Golden State and New Orleans in the Western Conference Finals. I think... Pelicans might beat up on the Warriors a little bit, make things interesting, but I'm sure the Warriors will be playing the Celtics in the finals. I don't want to say it, but they will. So, it is what it is. (sighs) Out of good faith, out of hope, Kyrie Irving brings back that magic and fires that arrow into the heart of the Golden State Warriors again. The Boston Celtics beat the Warriors on the road in Game 7, or maybe the Celtics have home court because they actually win more games because the West is so damn tough. The Celtics might have home court advantage in the finals, and that would make a huge difference. So... If the Celtics beat the Golden State Warriors, it would be because they have home court advantage and they're healthy. And of course, they're playing up to the potential that they very much have. I mean, the Celtics are stacked. They have every, There's every reason to believe they can win ch- a championship, even against the Warriors. They're the only team in the league, I think, right now that could beat the Warriors in a series. And again, partially because there's a pretty good chance the Celtics win 60 games this year. The Warriors might be around that range, and but the Celtics hopefully will have at least one game on them and can take the, uh, especially in the Eastern Conference. maybe they win 60-65. to 65. I mean, they're going to win a lot. Like, last year, Houston won 65 games, and Chris Paul didn't get hurt. I still think Houston's that, that was Houston's chance last year, and I'm sad to say, I don't think they're going to go back. I don't think they're going to have the first, uh, the top seed in the West again. I think it's the Warriors. Number two, Houston, uh, New Orleans, number three will be Houston, and after that, I don't know, Portland, oh, Utah. Utah. Utah's going to at least be fourth, Maybe maybe third, Utah might be third. We'll see. It Depends on how far Houston drops. But I do think the Pelicans very much could be the number two seed. San Antonio will miss the playoffs for the first time in forever. The Lakers will make it. And I think if the Wolves make it, they gotta beat Oklahoma City. And the Timberwolves can beat Oklahoma City because they were one game behind. They, we, whatever you want to call it. Only one game behind Oklahoma City last year. So, depending on how the chemistry can work in Oklahoma City, depending on how the chemistry can work in Minnesota this and that. Butler's probably going to be here for a little while. It's, you know, the it's good that they're being professional and kind of sort of acting like nothing happened. That's good in a way, but it's also pathetic at the same time because the guy clearly stated he doesn't want to be here and he's trashing everybody. So, it's weird, but maybe they'll win a couple of games and uh, hold down the fort until a Butler is traded and hopefully Josh Richardson will be wearing a, a nice navy blue uh, jersey. Come on. Uh, Later this year, January, February, whatever it is, we head into the trade deadline or well before that, hopefully. Jimmy Butler last night played like a guy that raised his value greatly. Just stay bleep and healthy. That's all I got to say. We'll be back after this. So again, Golden State will be beaten by Boston with the home court and the health of the uh, Boston Celtics. That's my hope. So I'm hoping Boston can beat the Golden State Warriors. As long as they get home court and stay healthy, the Celtics can win the finals. So that's the bottom line of the whole situation And the Timberwolves. will make it if, if they can finish ahead of the Oklahoma City Thunder. That's the key. The Lakers will be knocked out, or will knock out the Spurs, and Minnesota hopefully can, will, and should knock out the Oklahoma City Thunder. So with that, again, the second segment coming up, we'll talk about the current state of the team in terms of the games played and games coming up, and then your interaction in segment number three. <laughs> Glenn Taylor, grow some balls, and finally say, Tom Thibodeau, you're fired! And we are back here on Timberwolves Explosion. Time to mess around with a couple of games here. San Antonio and Cleveland will preview a couple as well coming up. Not gonna go heavy into detail. This is more of a pre-show, and of course, you know, it's small sample sizes of some of these teams, but I'll do the best I can. Minnesota Timberwolves opened the season against the San Antonio Spurs in San Antonio on October the 2nd, a 112 to 108 loss. Not the worst game you ever saw, but Jimmy Butler not having his legs yet. They caught up to him after a decent start to the season. Of course, everybody there acting like nothing was going on except for, well. Carl Anthony Towns was just freaking putrid. I follows out in the game. Had foul trouble right out of the gate. Got sat down. Wound up with 22 minutes, 6 shots, and 8 points. But he got 9 rebounds and stuff. And stuff. So at least he rebounded the ball. Dodge Gibson kind of helped out with that a little bit with 11 later. Andrew Wiggins, this is the kind of stat line you want to see all the time. All the time. 37 minutes. About 37 and a half, actually. 8 of 18. Okay, we can handle that. That's not the sexiest field goal percentage, but it's just below 50. 2 of 6 from downtown. At least he attempted threes in the game. He looks like a better player, Andrew Wiggins, so far. 20 points. 1 steal. 3 assists. 6 rebounds. That's good. That's very good. Jimmy Butler, decent stat line until his field goal percentage went down the kaputness. 9 of 23. Whatever. Um good solid game. He got four steals. He played some solid defense, but again, his legs went out from him later in the game, and he wasn't that good. Uh, Jeff Teague was very sharp to start out the season. That was encouraging. A guy that kind of in some ways is the true leader of the team right now in terms of just like the captain. Not necessarily the best player or anything. Nothing close to that, but still has a little leadership to him, even though he's kind of a strange, strange guy a little bit. 27 points for him. Derek Rose Well, he's got the quickness and all that He can certainly get around guys, this and that But he can't finish, he just cannot finish And of course, a key play late in the game It was just awful, and it was just balls And the play was covered up They're trying to make a play, the Timberwolves anyway Trying to set Jimmy Butler up Imagine that for the final play later in the game Or what, would put the Wolves ahead Or at least tied things up And they go the way they do Derek Rose's floater never even hits the rim Off the backboard, just way off It was awful. 3 of 12 from the floor. Anthony Tolliver was invisible. He's just out there. He's number 43, and that's about it. This number 43 guy was out there. He did basically nothing in 19 minutes. Tyus Jones, adequate here and there, but really a boring game overall. Uh, Gorgie Zhang looked pretty solid for 24 minutes out there. He was pretty interesting to watch. At least an efficient, solid, good overall game for him. You didn't see Luol Deng. I don't expect to see him all too much. But no job, no Josh Akogi. And a game like this, against the Spurs, Josh Akogi is the kind of guy I want on the floor. And Tom Thibodeau, here we go again. I mean, you know, okay, it was preseason, this and that, but the guy needs to get minutes. And if we're going to do this again, K-Debate's job, Josh Akogi, just going to sit there and rot on the bench. I'm sorry, but I'm tired of this bullshit. I'm, I'm really tired of this. And I, pardon my French, but I'm tired of this. Really. Like, I don't know. A winnable game, but porous defense from the outside, uh unable to hit shots down the stretch. It's just the same broken record, and that's why it's kinda like I don't have a whole lot to say. I don't really have my I don't really have anything else to say, kinda like uh uh Popovich has said in the past, where he's just like done for the uh done for the day in the press conference and that's kind of about I'm Popovich like about that game. Just I I don't know. But the Wolves played a lot better versus the Cleveland Cavaliers, they got booed thunderously as did Jimmy Butler, and well-deserved. And Jimmy Butler responded like a guy who is raising his value. Uh, Kevin Love got stuffed quite a few times throughout the game. He got beat up pretty good, 6 of 19 from the floor. He scored 25 points and wound up with 19 rebounds. That's kind of like the old Kevin Love, minus the horrible field goal percentage. He made 3 of 7 from downtown. He saw a lot of the old Kevin Love, but when he tried to get down into the paint, he was beat up pretty good, and that's nice for the Timberwolves. Uh, good, solid defense. Love made all 10 of his free throws, and that helped pad his stats. Again, 19 rebounds. That's the Timberwolves' Kevin Love right there. The guy who rebounded like a like a pimp out there. Tristan Thompson also with a double-double. They sure could have used that in the finals the last two years, couldn't they? But they didn't get it. Uh, Colin Sexton looks like a nice, nice prospect that's going to be the best player in the Cleveland Cavaliers about two, three years from now, I think. Um, Kevin Love is not going to be a franchise player for anybody. He's he's solid. Clarkson's a nice spark plug, but that's all he is. Clarkson, I mean, and again, that's valuable. He's, he's kind of the Crawford, I guess. You could say Clarkson's kind of the Crawford. He's not this dazzling three-point shooter, but he can be on occasion. And I know Vince Germano's probably like going to beat me up even, but obviously the guy's a spark plug. He's very valuable, but he's, yeah, he, he, he reminds me of Crawford a bit. Um definitely an offensive spark plug off the bench and nice uh nice guy who could be on the Cavs for many years unless the Lakers uh bring him back via free agency at some point later on. But uh Sexton Sexton, pardon me, should be the best player on the Cleveland Cavaliers in a year or two. Uh J.R. Smith got about as many minutes as he should have gotten in the finals last year. Three minutes. <laughs> three three minutes and forty seconds. Screw J.R. Smith. I wouldn't even want him on the floor. But let him play out his contract. I guess that's about it. Wiggins, another nice game statistically in the scoring department, but was still kind of the same invisible guy. Not as not as good in this game as you'd like, but he did manage to get three steals. Um, but there's you still see that passiveness from Andrew Wiggins that bugs you. You still see him settling for kind of lame shots and poor field goal percentage. He attempted twenty one shots in the game, which is way way more than anybody else. So that's the only reason he wound up with twenty two points, twenty one field goal attempts. 22 points, remember the whole points to field goal attempts ratio, the Palladino ratio, the Joey ratio, whatever you want to call it, 22 to 21, that's awful, Taj Gibson was solid in the game, this and that, he's just, you know, he's going to bring you near double double type numbers every single night, Carl, another uh, yucky game, not as bad, but still not good, managed to block some shots though, He, you saw him be more aggressive defensively when his offense isn't clicking, which it really is not the last couple of games, Got into foul trouble a bit again with four, but at least this time he didn't foul out. And Carl Anthony Towns was better down the stretch, frustrating Kevin Love. And good on him there. Butler, Jang, and, and uh, Towns, of course, blocking shots. But four for Carl Anthony Towns. Again, frustrating Kevin Love down the stretch. And good for him. Jimmy Butler was electric. Jimmy Butler was amazing. And he played like a guy who was like, okay, you're going to boo me. Well, I'm going to use that as motivation. Well, 10 of 12 from the floor, 12 of 12 from the line. 33 points for the Son of a Gun, or Son of a Biscuit, right? Because Vince loves when I say that, he thinks it's funny. Yeah, it's, it, it is, I'm sure. <laughs> it's because I can't swear every second like, like you guys do on your show. I, I swore a couple times on this show today, but I probably shouldn't. I try to keep it away from the explicit uh, rating, but I don't know. Maybe I should go one way or the other. No Okogi, no Jupp, no Luol Dang, I can live with that. <laughs> Poor guy, though. And James Nunley, he's here, and he's probably wondering why am I here. There is talk that a certain player that was signed in the offseason said uh, to his agent, why did you bring me to this dysfunctional situation here? Like, what the hell? You know, the whole Jimmy Butler situation. Well, it's one of two guys. It's Danger Nunnally. It isn't uh, Toliver. A lot of people thought it was Tolliver, but it's not. That he's actually really happy he's here, this and that. And he did make three three pointers in the Cleveland game. So there you go. Almost half, three of seven. And that was all of his uh, field goal attempts in the game were from downtown. So Tolliver representing why he was brought back to the Timberwolves. He made the decision part four. Decision part one was LeBron going to the Miami Heat. De- decision part duh, or part two, was Tolliver coming to the Timberwolves. Decision part three was simply LeBron James side with the Lakers. And decision part four. Anthony Tolliver returns to the Timberwolves. So, pretty cool. Tolliver always follows over to the Timberwolves after LeBron leaves Cleveland. So, (laughs) so if LeBron goes back to Cleveland again after his Liger contract is up and then leaves them again, maybe Tolliver will come back at age 40 or something, but both of these guys would be ancient history by then. Whatever. Nice victory for the Timberwolves. 131-123 over the Cleveland Cavaliers. A team that's certainly not what they were, but it's not like they're complete garbage, though. They're not going to make the playoffs. Um, but they have a couple players in that roster that could be something. osman has got a future, I think. Uh, Rodney Hood is somebody I've always liked. Unfortunately, the guy had an injury uh, years ago. Um, George Hill's kind of... I don't know what's going on with that guy. He was really good with with Indiana and had some good moments with the Spurs. But since then, I don't know. Since he's gone to Cleveland, he's just awful. He's awful. Awful, man. Uh, he's going to be replaced, though, pretty soon, i got to think, so, there it is, Sam Decker's also another piece that uh, could be something for the Cleveland Cavaliers someday, not today, though. Andrew Wiggins, I mean, I like the scoring, but I liked his game a lot more in San Antonio than against Cleveland, kind of the same old, meh, you know, he'll score his 20 points and not do a whole lot else, type of game for Wiggins and sailing for some yucky shots and uh, not setting up anybody else. So one and one. Okay. So a team that absolutely can be in the the playoff hunt. Uh, Again, you got to beat Oklahoma City. Luckily, Timberwolves are a game ahead of Oklahoma City. Minnesota's one and one and Oklahoma's 0 and 2. So there it is. (laughs) Let's preview a couple games here. Normally it's review is review preview uh, review segment 1 preview segment 2 fan direction segment 3 but today we're going to squeeze them together because we have the season preview in segment 1 and of course some other ranting and raving to talk about Minnesota heads to Dallas tonight tonight so already in Dallas I'm sure the 20th of October October they are 0 and 1 and not having a whole lot of fun Mr Dirk Nowitzki is out unfortunately so he's not been available but he will be on the roster at some point this season. <laughs> we'll see what happens with that, though. Dallas Mavericks, are a team, well, obviously they have a nice young prospect with a great future. Luka Doncic, well, we get our first look at him. He scored 10 points in his first game. This and that. Wesley Matthews is still a f- factor out there. He's been known to scorch the net at times, particularly from three-point range, but uh, other times, not so great. Nothing great yet. Dennis Smith Jr. is another exciting prospect. DeAndre Jordan is uh, now a member of that club as well. No longer a clipper. That's going to be very interesting, and he could be a vital piece for Dallas, possibly. He's trying to squeeze into something. Jalen Brunson, also the uh, national champion. Villanova Wildcats. Jalen Brunson with... uh, About 20 minutes the other night. Make it 19. Devin Harris is still alive. Wow. Still playing. The ever-enigmatic J.J. Barea also. He had 10 assists in his first game. So, I think the Wolves can and should beat the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, Wolves don't always play well on the road, though, against the Mavericks. Uh, Dirk Nowitzki always seems to kill the Wolves when we're there. And he's not there. Don Sitch is kind of early. This and that. Uh, Dwight Powell led the team in scoring in the first game. Only 17 and a half minutes. Nice little start to his season. (sighs) The Wolves can beat this team, but there's one guy on the Dallas Mavericks that wasn't there last year that has always been a more than a thorn in the side, more like a metal spike in the side of the Timberwolves, particularly a guy named Carl Anthony Towns. This is the kind of game Carl needs to step up and play. He needs to step up and play and stop getting beat up by big men. He, it's got to stop. Uh, LaMarcus Aldridge manhandled Carl. Uh, Marcus All traditionally has manhandled Carl Anthony Towns. This is the kind of game Carl uh, needs to step up and well show DeAndre Jordan who's the better player I mean DeAndre has just embarrassed him you're in and you're out and it's extremely extremely frustrating to this point so that's going to be a huge key as Carl needs to step up in a big way of course Jimmy Butler now that he's still on the roster I can't believe I'm still saying that name <sighs> I can't believe I'm still saying that name as a Timberwolf but he is Jimmy Butler. Cannon should get his tonight. Uh, obviously, he got something back and that's why he played so well against the Cleveland Cavaliers. I don't expect him to duplicate that quite quite as much tonight, but Minnesota Cannon should win this game. I'm going to go with something like the offense is ever capable. You know, I mean like a 112 to 112 to 108 type of game should be a very close type of night. 115 to 108 Minnesota should be able to pull away down the stretch. I hope Carl needs to get his first 20-plus point game tonight. Double double, 12 20 and 12 type of game. Three blocks. That's what I want to see out of Carl tonight. In the worst way it can and should happen. I'm begging for it, and that's what I'm gonna stand with in good faith. Minnesota is better than Dallas at this moment, and they will defeat them 115 to 108. Carl Anthony Towns steps up a bit and makes a difference. Indiana Pacers come to town. The Pacers come to town. Yes, sir. <laughs> Gotta like what Indiana can bring their team that could be a major factor in the Eastern Conference. Maybe a third seed, third seed, fourth seed. Unfortunately, because of Philadelphia, is still very good. Obviously, Victor Oladipo is a deadly player. Uh, McDermott can hit from downtown. One player, another, Miles Turner, still around, of course. Corey, why am I even looking at that guy? They have players... They have players that can play, and then a bunch of, meh. You know, Darren Collison's a guy who's underachieved the last several years. I don't know. Um, Minnesota's had trouble with Indiana in the past, but usually it's on the road. I like the Wolves' chances in Target Center on the 22nd, Monday. Timberwolves could actually open up the season 3-1, and one, which is pretty crazy, and hopefully will raise Butler's uh, trade value. But will Tom Thibodeau actually make the move? I doubt it, unfortunately. That's my fear. Uh, obviously, Victor Oladipo would be the main reason why the... Uh, Indiana Pacers would win, and of course, Sabonis can be another another thorn in the side for Carl Anthony Towns. Carl needs to step up big time here against these other big men. Uh, Carl's a veteran here, so there's no excuse. Carl Anthony Towns is the veteran between him and Sabonis, which isn't saying a whole lot. They're both super young. Carl needs to be the better player. He needs to prove it. He needs to kick some butt, and that's the key. Carl Anthony Towns is going to be making $40 million a year when his contract kicks in. Whew. Can you imagine? $40 million a year. But, well, Go out there and earn it. Six points is not going to get it done. Six points against LaMarcus Aldrich ain't going to get that done. Oh, boy. But um, a winnable game for the Wolves. I believe the Timberwolves can, can and will beat the Indiana Pacers and start the season two and 3-1, and one, which is crazy when you consider how frustrating they've been so far this year. Minnesota will win. Uh, not frustrating, but well, yucky. They looked against the Spurs, but at least they hung in there. I think Wiggins is going to have a decent game. I, I have a feeling. I just got a feeling Wiggins is going to step up and get into the 25 to 30 range in that game. But again, Carl needs to have another good game. Obviously, it's going to be an interesting matchup. Wiggins and Oladipo, Butler and uh, Oladipo will be a really uh, entertaining matchup. I think Butler and Oladipo will be on each other most of the game. I expect Wiggins to have a solid night and Minnesota to win the game, 108-100, something like that. A team that can score but can also play some solid defense keep the Pacers to at least 100 points. Minnesota surpasses Indiana at home, which will feel really good. At Toronto, yeah, good luck. That's a loss. (laughs) That would be the uh, 24th of October. Wednesday, the 24th of October. I don't think the Timberwolves are going to beat the Toronto Raptors. Kawhi Leonard is the ever-capable superstar of the Raptors now, at least for one year or a couple months, depending on how things go into the trade deadline. Kawhi Leonard owned Andrew Wiggins in the past. I think he'll own him again. Butler versus Leonard will be very interesting because I think that's going to be the matchup more than Wiggins. But, well, I wouldn't be surprised if Kawhi is on Wiggins extensively in this game. There's just too many good players on the Raptors. Of course, Danny Green can hit from the outside. Serge Ibaka can block shots. He's still there. He's not as good as he was before. Kyle Lowry can score from anywhere. The guy is still, you know, he's he's getting older, but he doesn't look at Kyle Lowry's kind of a do-it-all type of player. His defense isn't spectacular, but you got Leonard, you got Ibaka. Danny Green, again, can score like crazy from the outside. Uh, him and Kyle Lowry can scorch that net. So it's still a good backcourt in Toronto. Even though, what's his name? Oh, what? <laughs> even though DeRozan is gone, and he had a great game for the Spurs the other night. No reason why the Raptors shouldn't beat the Timberwolves, and they will. Final score, Oh, I don't even know. The only hope the Wolves have in this game, obviously, somebody's going to have to go ape crap in the game. Two or three guys. It's going to have to be like all three of the uh, Wiggins, uh, Towns, and they are going to have to get to over 20 points. And somebody's going to have to really just have the, uh, an awesome game. But the Wolves never win in Toronto, even when they stink. So why would I pick them to win now? Toronto might be the best team in the East. They're at least the second best. I think the uh, the Raptors win the game. <clears throat> Something along the likes of, I mean, they're going to score like crazy with this offense, and the Wolves still struggle guarding the perimeter. So, and, and Kawhi has owned this team forever. He's healthy, and he's actually staying, he's actually playing now, which is nice, unlike last year. So, I do think Toronto wins the game. Something of the likes of, uh, I think they're going to score a lot 120 to 110, 108. I think Toronto's going to beat the Wolves pretty soundly. The Wolves will come back a little bit, make it semi interesting, but Toronto will maintain the lead and win the game. Final uh, preview here. I'm surprised I'm previewing this many games, but it's like might as well. Schedule's going to get busy with the lawn cleanups coming up and inconsistent uh, releasing of the shows. It's just how it goes, especially with overtime at a regular job as well. Let's look at the Bucks very briefly here. 26th Friday, the 26th. Well, technically, I would do the show on Fridays, but uh I'll, I'll look at this game really quick. Bucks look great. They're in the upper echelon in pretty much every statistics to start off the year. I know it's just two games in, but they look wonderful. They won both of their their games. Their uniforms are kind of weird. But other than that, Milwaukee should win that division, I think. The Central Division in the Eastern Conference. The Greek Freak, about 26 points and 17 rebounds a game so far. That's nuts. Uh, Chris Middleton, not too far behind, 21 points a game. Of course, you're just getting the season started. But it's a very good team when you look at the, the whole picture. Brooke Lopez, nice solid veteran at center. DiVincenzo is going to be a three point threat for many years to come. Maybe not right out of the gate because he's, he's okay so far. Tony Snell's still a factor. I don't see. Uh, sure, where is he? I guess he hasn't gotten in there yet. Uh, thon Maker, unfortunately. But uh, that's a guy that should be uh, still a, a piece. Uh, Matt Matthew DeLadova, a guy who was a factor with Cleveland years ago, barely crawling on the court for a couple of minutes. But it's a fairly complete team. Malcolm Brogdon's a good player, obviously we know. Eric Bledsoe, nice, uh, a nice fitted point guard at the end of the day. A scoring point guard who can kind of do it all. He can rebound, get assists. He's even blocked some shots this year, which is hard to believe. No reason to believe, no reason to not believe that the Bucs uh, can, can win the Central Division this year. So it's going to be fun to watch. Wolves play well against the Bucks at home traditionally, and we almost never win there. It's kind of like it's kind of like some of the, it's kind of like everybody else these days. It seems like the Wolves sometimes have some good games against the Spurs at home, but we always stink at home. Uh, stink on the road, pardon me. I think the Wolves lose to the Toronto Raptors. Like I said, that's three and two. So the Milwaukee game, I think the Bucks are the better team right now. It all just depends. Again, how the toughest part about predicting this team is the possible explosion that could happen in the locker room. It could happen very easily, especially between Carl and Jimmy. I think that's getting very tense at the moment. And I think it's one of the reasons why Towns is not playing so well. That's one of the fears I think going on with uh, Carl and Jimmy. I think that's what's going on. That's one of the reasons Carl's playing so poorly. I think it's uh, Carl's not in the right place right now. And it's bugging him real bad with uh, Carl Anthony, or excuse me, with uh, Jimmy Butler in the mix. It's a tough one. I think it'll be the Wolves' first home loss. I kind of think the Bucks are going to sweep the Wolves this year. I hope the Wolves can win, but I'm just, you know... I don't know if I can pick this club to be 4-2 and two starting out this season. But Well, I can definitely see a loss at the end of the month on Halloween. I'm just looking at that one. <laughs> yep, the Wolves are not going to go undefeated at home this month. Uh, they'll lose to either Milwaukee or Utah. So I could see the Wolves beating the Lakers, hopefully. On the 29th, Vince Germano. Uh, I'm trying to be optimistic with this Bucks game. Somehow I can see the Bucks pulling away. Some final score, of like 109, one, 108, or 108, 107. I think Milwaukee's going to win by a point. The Wolves will be in it. The Bucks will hit some clutch shot late, and we'll miss. We'll drop some stupid play and not finish the game. The Bucks will hold on. Uh, Greek freak Giannis will get like 30 points in the game. Butler will have 29 and that'll basically be the difference, something along those lines. So that's kind of how I feel at the moment. Milwaukee wins 108-2, 107. a close, close matchup. And the Wolves start the season 3-3 three and three, and then probably finish the month 4-4, four and four, beat the Lakers and lose to Utah. That's my guess, 500 at the end of October and then hopefully head to better things after that. I think the Wolves absolutely can beat the Bucks. I'm just right now, I just got a weird feeling that's going to be one of those funny games where you're just kicking yourself thinking you know that would have helped us that game would have helped us yeah inch ahead of Oklahoma City it's just got that feeling to it it's a bad matchup so with that we'll take a break come back wrap up the show with fan interaction We are back here on Timberwolves Explosion. Season preview, of course. Again, the third segment, Fan Interaction. Forgive the show for being a little bit longer, but it is a season preview and, of course, a lot to say. Generally, the show's around an hour or so, maybe slightly less. Hopefully, if if I can get things out and not ramble too much during the regular season, or again, other important news pops out and I got a whole lot to say, so just trying to keep things reasonable so I don't keep you listening too long, (laughs) but hopefully you enjoy it. Chance to go outside and listen as well during this time of year. The Twitter account is at Wolves Explosion. At Wolves Explosion. Again, the Twitter account for this show. Let's get to uh, that right away, that actual Twitter account. Vince Germano, Levi, and Tanae Brown also retweeting the most recent show, episode 234, Butler wants out. So thank you guys for retweeting the show on Twitter. Very much appreciated. KC at Bugnish, uh, excuse me, 1972. He said, man... I hope he fires Thibs before the season starts and we can try to get a healthy culture back in the organization. Thibs is a cancer, and I couldn't agree more. Let's see. It looked like there was a response. And it's not. it never lets me do what I want. This damn thing. Here we go. I responded back with saying, yeah, I mean, they need to do something. I was thinking that Taylor would fire him before the season starts, and of course he didn't. It's Unbelievable. And I guess I was wrong when I thought Tibbs was no longer the president of basketball and that Taylor has moved in and he didn't, so unbelievable, extremely frustrating, I was also saying, where the hell is Glenn Taylor step in and fire the SOB, and yeah, he really never did, Vince Germano also wrote the uh, Cats public statement on his uh, on his uh, Max extension, Vince Germano was saying how he's emotional, so definitely something worth checking out, he talked about a flip brought him in and all that, so very cool statement by Carl, Anthony Towns. I appreciate Vince Romano for sharing that with me. And trying to make sure I actually uh, yep, JaVale McGee was (laughs) That's Vince right there. But that wasn't, yeah, he wasn't tweeting it to me. It's just, you know, it shows up in your uh, feed, which is kind of crazy. Jake, Jake uh, Painting was saying Josh Okogie has bounced. Yep, he really did in the preseason. I know Okogie looked awesome in the preseason. Would like to see more Josh Okogie out there, it's playing his day the guy can play, but the damn uh, frickin' Thibodeau won't play him now, now that we're in the regular season, so that completely figures, doesn't it? It's heartbreaking, to be quite honest. So, boy, I'm just, yeah, this feed has just gotten so busy, and that's how it goes, and you don't record for a while. Uh, Here we go, here we go, Vince Germano tweeting me here, Exactly what has Jimmy won? Sick of this plonker acting like he's led teams to titles. It was uh, he was sending me an Adrian Wojnarowski tweet. Of course, the Woj bomb himself, the guy who breaks every single NBA story known to man. Adrian tweets, uh, or should I say Woj, at one point in the scrimmage, sources said Butler turned to GM Scott Layton and screamed, "You bleeping need me. You can't win without me." Butler left teammates and coaches largely speechless. He dominated the gym in every way. Jimmy's back. Yep, so Jimmy, again, clearly the best player in the team, but also the biggest jackass on the team. He's become probably the most unlikable player to ever play on this team, even more than Marbury, which is saying a lot. So is that the actual last tweet coming my way? See, I hate how this fills up every little thing. Yes, apparently it was. So appreciate uh those of you that appreciate Vince Germano and others tweeting me very much so, and we will move on from Twitter now to Facebook, going to give a quick shout out to Flips Flip's Army Army Facebook page quick shout out to them, want to thank Trevor Wickerin for being kind enough to allow me to post links to Flips Army on that Facebook page, uh, good group of people there, and well, good in-game threads, lots of good discussion. Avoid the Kool-Aid drinkers if you can, because you're going to get that on every single Rules page. Just avoid the Kool-Aid drinkers. Comment away. If somebody gets mad at you, that's life. And something I got kind of ticked off about sometimes with everybody. You know, there's many pages out there, and you're going to find Kool-Aid drinkers in every single one of them, no matter who you are, what you are. I understand one of my friends recently trolled uh, trolled the page saying the rules were going to go 5 and 77. I know, harsh exaggeration. It's kind of silly. The response to him kind of got on my nerves. And then, yeah, some people uh, just a little too sensitive and started blowing up at me too for daring to say it's just sarcasm and I wouldn't get too upset about it. But again, welcome to uh, Planet Earth in 2018. We're all sensitive and offended by just... Anybody that breathes wrong, that's about it. So, enough of that. Let's move on to face the crates for Timberwolves Explosion. Again, Flips Army, a recommended page for myself. And thank you again, Trevor Wickerin. Love my friendship with you. Uh, Thank you very much for uh, allowing me to post links to the page on there. So, let's continue. Post on the most recent episode, Vince Germano says... You need to be looking over to the, uh, the Celtics way when trading Jimmy for sure. I was thinking it'd be a good idea, but it's hard because of the salaries. Vince was agreeing there after that. Nicholas Simon out of Australia says, Great episode. Thanks for the shoutouts. Hope this works out well for the Wolves and they can get a helpful package for him. And I hope Wiggins starts bringing it, even if it's just out of spite. Well, he's bringing something for the most part. It's been uh, a positive in that sense. Vince Germano also tweeted, I better look at this now because I might forget because it's kind of, the page gets kind of funny and if I scroll up it might disappear. Yeah, see, it'll disappear. Crazy. Uh, he was saying, still think Thib's biggest mistake was trading Rubio. Uh, more than Levine and uh, marketing and Dunn though? Are you sure? I mean, Rubio would be nice to have right now, I'm sure. Teague is pretty good though. He can score. I don't know. I think trading away Levine... And all that. And obviously, Butler could play, but he's just become a complete jackass. That's the problem. And I I don't know. So we'll continue from that. Wayne Hunt says, pris poor showing by Towns today. You can't call for help playing man-to-man defense. Lamarcus took him to school in the post. You... Yep, and this was against the Spurs just recently. So, I, yeah, I better read this now. Otherwise, it's gonna, it's gonna get lost in the shuffle, and I feel bad. He says, you might not like the way it's gone down there, but it's gone down, but there is a reason he has been called out. Eight points. Give me a spell. That was a winnable game for Minnesota. Time to stop winning the bed, boys, and I couldn't agree more. I really couldn't. Um, Very... I couldn't agree more. I mean, very, very strong, very honest quote there. Very uh, post by Wayne Hunt. He is the host, the head man of the Courtside Podcast, by the way. Hank McCoy, or I call him Hank McCoy still. It's wayne Wayne Hunt. Vince Germano and Stu Benson all host the courtside podcast. It is a spectacular show that I highly recommend. They often give me shoutouts as well. And it's not just because we're friends. We we became friends because we love each other's shows. And then you you find that common bond and you become friends and that's what took place. There is no competition, no battle. Uh it's not like we're both Wolves podcasts. And even still, I don't like fighting with people even if they even if they could be called competition if it's a Wolves show. I don't like it. I'd, I'd rather be friends as much as possible, as crazy as I get. I'm actually not that bad at the end of the day. <laughs> and uh, obviously, the Courtside Podcast, they're just amazing guys. They're, they're from Australia, and I highly, highly recommend the show. Their basketball knowledge is second to none. Their passion for the game is second to none. Their loyalty to the game is second to none. I mean, you could question my loyalty more than you can question theirs. Believe me. With the frustration that I have for how this league operates on occasion. I'll just leave that as it is. Some of their, I don't know, some of their outspokenness about certain things that I think are not related to basketball. (laughs) That kind of gets on my nerves where they tend to stay loyal to the game better than I do. So, but I'm still here. So at least I didn't leave. I just got frustrated. Uh, Highly recommend the show. It is spectacular. iTunes and Podbean, both of them work. Both of those applications work for your smart devices, and you will find them and enjoy them very much. Google Podcasts would work too. Obviously, it would work. If it's if it works on iTunes, it's going to work on Google Podcasts. So, highly recommend that show a million times over. Let's get moving now. So, posted an article. You're going to get a lot of this rumor. Tom Thibodeau would rather leave the Timberwolves than trade Jimmy Butler for young players slash picks. Matt LaBelle, uh, locally, but uh, originally from Wisconsin, says, don't let the door hit you in the butt to Tom Thibodeau. Oh, I love that one. And Reese Pedretti, also known as Pompus, says, I agree. So has he returned to Facebook? I think he left and came back, that type of thing. Hmm, interesting. Very interesting, young man. Yep, yeah, he came back. I think he disappeared. Yeah, he must have turned it off for a little while. Some people do that because they get frustrated. Now I just screwed up my page. Oh, so that's kind of how that goes. Uh, get to play catch up with this now. Yeah, too many articles. I mean, uh, unless there's posts. Well, yeah, some of these because it's so long. That's the problem when it's so long between the last show. Good, caught up. That was fast. Didn't crash, catch up too fast last time. Timberwolves reporting about uh, rebuff, uh, rebuffing Jimmy Butler trade offers. Remember all that going on. Vince was saying it'll happen. They're just playing playing who he's too elite card <laughs> to drive up the price. Yep. They don't want to, they don't want to get ripped off. Yep. Scott Doherty locally says now it's reported that he being Jimmy Butler wants to, wants to get them the max with the Wolves, but they have to dump salary to do it. They better not think about doing it. They have to trade him and get, get it over with now. Dibbs is a joke of a president and coach for him actually admitting that he would step down instead of trading him is insane. He was wrecked he he has wrecked it for everyone on the team now. Now they actually know the truth. <laughs> He's got to go. So I hear you totally. Yep. He was just completely pro Butler and not really giving a crap about the team and trading away everybody else just to keep Butler. That's kinda weird. And Butler cursed him out, didn't he, in the practice? So kinda weird. Uh Timberwolves owner Glenn Taylor was willing to trade Butler. He was kinda stepping in supposedly. Scott Dory says, amen, yes, Thibs could, could not do his job, so someone has to. Dustin Schumacher, welcome aboard, if this is your first post. I apologize, I didn't click like. Where have I been? So uh, thank you, Dustin Schumacher. Hopefully you're on board. He says, I mean, why not fire Tibbs?" in the same breath? You're, adm- you're admitting that Tibs won't do what's best for the organization. You, ha- Yep, he's saying that to uh, Glenn Taylor. You had to take control, so why would you allow him to still be your head coach? shit at least take his president of operations title away that would be showing people you actually run this team that's uh perfect dustin hopefully you're listening i hope you (laughs) hopefully you're a listener if you are and let me know um couldn't agree more he is from coon rapids minnesota so nice to meet you dustin and yeah i just sent him a friend request figure why not there cool nice to have some local people on board and i love obviously love every one of you from australia I get the vibe, Minnesota's hate my guts. So it's nice to actually see a couple show up once in a while. Because I'm one of the most, like, honest uh, hosts in town where I will go. I will attack my own team because, well, I don't have to agree with everything they do and love everything they do, every single damn game. So it's always nice to know there's some of you still out there. <laughs> so, yep, they're saying Timberwolves owner willing to trade if Thibodeau won't, blah, blah, blah. Did I catch up? Here's the newest one. I was thinking, yep, and I was reading between the lines. I thought Glenn Taylor was on the verge of fighting firing Thibodeau. He didn't, unfortunately. Let's see what some people say. Yep, Scott Doherty was like, yes! And he says, trade Butler, get the right pieces to fit around Wiggins to do it. Fred Mithen also says, good riddance. He dismantled something that could have been great with Rubio, Levine, Wiggins, Markin, and, and Towns. Dustin Schumacher says facts 100 and then the thumbs up and all that so he's pointing up like number one yep thank you very much Dustin he hopefully he is a listener I appreciate the uh, inclusion there and I was saying here it is in black and white Kimberwolves owner is willing to trade Butler himself if Tom Thibodeau won't so definitely something to consider there Wolves Taylor Thibodeau said to be unified and plan to trade Butler so that's when things kind of came together so that's why Thibodeau is still a member of the team at the moment but again nothing's happening Carl Anthony Towns agrees to 190 million Supermax extension with the Timberwolves and there were comments. Yeah, I was like, is that just me? It can't be. Uh, I know I saw other people on there. That's weird. Oh, I think maybe uh, Vince was uh, texting, messaging me on private, but yeah, Vince Romano was very stoked about that one. I'm surprised. There's a lot of likes, but uh, no response. Huh. Very weird. Somebody said something that's strange, and now it's gone. I didn't delete it, I promise, so I don't know what happened. I was saying the Heat is on again. Sunday winds down. Miami Heat talks to Butler. Blah, blah, blah. That's the new one. Butler wants to join the Miami Heat now. Kalen Woods and others here. Scott Doherty says, get the drummer over with so we can move on and get ready for the season. Kalen Woods out of Australia says, well, here's hoping the Wolves lower expectations a tad. Uh, Yeah, the Wolves are trying to get... uh, were the Wolves trying to get Simmons from the, the Philadelphia 76ers? Yeah, that's pretty crazy. They were trying to get Ben Simmons. That was supposed to be part of the deal. And it's like, no. I don't think Ben Simmons is this god, though, that some people think, but obviously a very, very good player. Um, I don't think Philadelphia would give him up, though. Even though I do believe Butler's a very, very good player, obviously. Uh, here we go. I like this one. League pass alert The NBA is going to let you buy just the fourth quarter of a live game for two bucks. Smart. I thought they should have done this years ago, but very, very, very smart. Um, or even individual games, you're in there for like five, maybe three bucks here and there. You just really, 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 really want to watch this game. It's not on national TV, so you can't, uh... wow, Auburn's killing Ole Miss. Huh. I'm not really a college football fan, but damn, that's a blowout. It's a blowout. <laughs> Where was I? So this is something they should have done a long time ago. that you can catch on the fourth quarter real quick. Miami Heat versus uh, Lakers or something. That'd be fun. Lakers versus Cavs. Ah, who cares about that? But maybe let's go with uh, Celtics versus Celtics versus Chicago. That'd be kind of fun to watch. Some Eastern Conference game. You just want to watch the fourth quarter, see how good the Celtics are doing against uh, Toronto, maybe. Or Indiana. Or you're a freaking Warriors fan and you want to watch the Warriors. Or maybe you have your own team, but you like the Warriors and you want to watch them. Well, it's cheaper to watch your bleeping Warriors, too. So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I just love the war. You know, Can can you tell how much they love them? No. I mean, I don't have to hate them. I, I don't mean to hate them. I just don't want them to win again. I was saying I'm beginning to realize Eric Gordon and spare parts might be the best we can do. Very few teams want the headache, and who in their right mind would sign Butler, injury-prone Butler, to $190 million? Not me. He's not who I want, but at least Gordon feels a big need, and of course, that outside shot and all that, and he's freaking 30. And no response that's weird but it's it's understandable I know I know. it's a little bit too much going on in a, anyway. Uh, there was a lot of fighting going on in the practice. There we go. Butler said, you effing need me and all that. That was all Butler. I was also saying I agree with Judge Zolgat on a 1500 today. The team should send Jimmy Butler home and fine him every single day until his sorry ass is traded. There is no way this team respects Thibodeau for handling this in such a soft way. Jimmy Butler needs to be put in his place and fined big time. There were some likes, but no... Uh, There was no uh, comments, but that's okay. Thank you for at least acknowledging and reading what I said that I literally wrote, go die, Jimmy Butler. I'm not impressed whatsoever with our team right now, but you aren't going to fix it. That's for damn sure. You know about calling everyone soft. I'm not impressed with how soft they are. Okay, more details coming in, what a D-bag, as I kept, sources, Carl Anthony Towns, Andrew Wiggins, primary targets of Jimmy Butler's practice, insults, calling him soft, and they can't do this, and they can't do that, and I can beat you with uh, the third team, that was a big part of it, the third team, literally, so like in hockey, it'd be like he goes to the fourth line and beats the top line, which I think the Wild might need a little bit of a butt kicking in the, on the ice in practice sometimes too. Ali Siddiqui locally says, reminding me of Spreewell. was a great addition one year and a total headache after that. Yep. Dan May out of Aussie says, ah, what, what a piece of expletive. <laughs> I love you. Scott Doherty has the gremlin yelling, leave. Yep, I agree. Scott Doherty continues saying, He knew ESPN was in town, so his tantrum could be talked about in in the interview with Rachel Nichols. This clown is getting worse and worse. It was all for show again, proving he thinks he's God and his shit don't stink. Yep, pretty much, man. Pretty much. (sighs) I mean, you know, it's unbelievable. Jimmy Butler reportedly held a players-only meeting saying he runs the team he wants to be traded from. Can you believe that? And then... uh, Wayne Hunt posts that Jeff Teague said, no, he denied the report of Jimmy Butler calling a player only meeting. So supposedly that was not true. Very, very, very interesting. And I was thinking, why would the players show up to that after he literally, you know, made, you know, literally talked them all down like they're just garbage and he's the king of kings, basically. So I wouldn't attend the meeting, you know, as say, imagine me, I'm a veteran player, And imagine where I work, I'm one of the, I'm one of the captains, so to speak. There's three trainers on the floor. I'm one of them, right? I'm one of the captains and it's talking 20 other people. We're leading that group of 20. So it's kind of cool that way. If somebody, maybe one of the trainers turned out to be a jackass and said, basically all of you guys suck and everything, and I'm going to hold a a workers only meeting. Do you think I'd attended? No, no, I would, unless it was somebody I completely agreed with everything he's saying, I wouldn't go to it, like say, no supervisors involved, but let's continue. Jimmy Bartler, yeah, I already read that. And I thought there was a previous something. Oh, here we go. Wayne Hunt, welcome back. He says, for the record, I love everything he's doing in Minnesota. These pups are too soft. They showed it last season that they needed a leader, and when Butler went down, they put their tails between their legs. Some tough love needed for Townsend Wiggins especially. Now, I'm not saying Butler couldn't use a slice of humble pie, but this squad isn't winning shit if both sides can't compromise and meet in the middle. I don't think they can compromise and meet in the middle, though. Um, I don't agree, I don't disagree with you saying they're too soft. That's absolutely true. They did play, them, or speaking, the Timberwolves, did play very well against the Golden State Warriors without Curry. But again, still with, uh, you know, Kevin Durant and other big names. Obviously, everybody else was playing. Clay Thompson shot not so good in that game. And, uh, you know, we all beat Raymond Green and all that. Great game for the Wolves. But no Curry and no Butler. So the Wolves did win without Butler. And they won without, uh, they beat the Warriors without Curry. Um, I think Wiggins is very lazy as well. I'm extremely frustrating. I do think Wiggins is lazy. Wow, that's a big post. Uh, but the word they did the Himmerels did beat the warriors um, i don't think there's a compromise though i don't think there's a compromise. Butler's not going to go lower than what he wants. He thinks he's worth the absolute maximum i don't, and that's all there is to it that's where we meet <laughs> i don't uh if there's something in the middle, like the hundred and ten a hundred and ten million dollars is a hell of a lot of money. i can't go above one ten I'm sorry, I mean maybe one twenty if I'm like some kind of a big shot whatever but I don't think there's really any way to do it. Uh, he could get bird rights. It's, you know, he should have bird rights as well uh, at the end of the season. So there is that. But um, we're just going to have to sit and wait here. Wayne Hunt is replying to some of my stuff there. Basically saying how oh, Wiggins does play lazy at times. Very lazy. Uh, he says, that's the thing, Joey. How much are the Wolves paying Butler right now? They paid both Wiggins and Towns but not willing to pay a guy who beat the starters with the third stringers. Get the F out of here. Why did they trade for him then? He's doing everything they asked him to do when they dealt for him. Lead by example. Player tough. Teach. It's not his fault. They are soft as mud. I'm backing Butler in this all the way. Ownership is useless. Why haven't they retired Garnett's jersey yet? That's a lot to talk about there. Um, the ownership is useless. And I did turn on Glenn Taylor hardcore today because a fish rostrum they had down. Glenn Taylor is responsible for the dysfunction of the Minnesota Timberwolves. Done. Glenn Taylor is responsible for the dysfunction of the Minnesota Timberwolves. It starts with Glenn Taylor. He's soft as mud, too. He's, you know, for all the frustrations we all have with Andrew Wiggins for being too soft, settling for lame-ass fade-away turnaround garbage from, from like, you know, just in front of the three-point line. What the hell is the point of that? Rather than standing up for, uh, setting up for a uh, nice three-point catch-and-shoot worth another point and higher percentage. That's kind of what Glenn Taylor is as an owner in a lot of ways. He has brains, obviously. How could you be a billionaire without brains? So, I don't know. Um, I love Butler's game. I love Butler's toughness. I hate Butler's attitude. What do you think of that? So that's kind of my response to that. As for the Garnett's jersey, again, again. There's two sides to that story, my friend. (laughs) Two sides. Glenn Taylor did not handle things well. Glenn Taylor was wrong to say Garnett was tanking. The Timberwolves franchise was tanking intentionally, so they didn't lose that draft pick with the whole stupid ass Sam Cassell trade. That was, uh, of course, Kevin McHale's fault, that trade. Um, And then the team needed to tank because they didn't want to lose the pick to the the Clippers. That was the whole point, which is dumb to have to tank, but they had to finish at a certain amount of uh, a certain spot in the Western Conference to avoid losing that draft pick. What we did with that pick, yeah. What did we get, McCants for it or something? I mean, I mean, <laughs> I don't even remember now. Or was it Foy? No, it wasn't. I don't even remember anymore. It's been that long, but it was not that great of a pick. It didn't turn out so great. Um, as for retiring Garnett's jersey away, see, see, Glenn Taylor was wrong to say that, but the the agreement between Flip and Garnett, it's nobody's fault what happened to Flip Saunders. That's what screwed everything up was the fact that, well, Flip and Garnett had an agreement that Garnett was going to be part owner, this and that. I do think Taylor should have honored that. I do. That's where that's where you kind of, that's where the kind of the rubber meets the road. But it just kind of seemed like from the get-go that Garnett generally speaking, just wants nothing to do with Glenn Taylor, regardless of what happens. Garnett just does not want to work with Glenn Taylor. He just wants no part of him. And I think he's up too much of a, he's just too sour about it all the time. Eventually it has to get better. You can't just stay angry forever. And I think Garnett's stubbornness is is part of the problem more than part of the solution. Glenn Taylor has reached out to Garnett in numerous occasions and Garnett has ignored him. That's not, that's not An opinion. That's a fact. That's a fact. That's why. Garnett needs to actually show up in order for the Timberwolves to retire his jersey. If Garnett doesn't show up, doesn't respond to anybody, what what are you going to do? Garnett didn't even show up to flip the Flip Saunders uh, recognition when they put up a banner for Flip Saunders, honoring Flip Saunders. Honoring the life of Flip Saunders and the life of work he did with the Timberwolves. He didn't even show up for that. So that really... Sat, po- sat 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 uh, ass stuck in my craw when i saw that this his bitterness was so deep that he couldn't even show up for the flip saunders uh, ceremony because it's too short or something like that what are they supposed to do you can't have like a three-hour thing you know i mean it's there's a game to be played i mean i don't know then have the and, uh, if you have to have a ceremony outside of the game then so be it it can't be during a game and be like 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 a three hour thing. I'm honestly, no matter if and if the show was that long, he'd probably say it was too long, and and it was and most of it was just uh, unimportant and had nothing to do with this. He'd find something to complain about. Bottom line, so there's a lot to Garnett that sticks in my craw, and that's it's more his personality than anything else. I remember the other day I got I, I kind of thought no when somebody said that Garnett was uh, a top twenty player in the league. I kind of was like I don't know maybe because. He, he wasn't clutch. This and that. Garnett wasn't clutch. Sometimes he was. Sometimes he was. And other times he wasn't. It's like you sit down and analyze this and that. I Garnett is top twenty all time, isn't he? He scored more points than Clyde Drexler, and both of them were good at defense. He scored more points than this guy, that guy. Akeem Elijah one I think, would have been better, obviously. But I mean, I sat down deba- debating, putting things together, studying, researching. Garnett is ahead of a lot of players all-time, so it is pretty remarkable for a guy that was known more for his defense than his offense to still be 17th all-time in scoring. And then, of course, one of the best defenders ever. So to be friendly to Garnett afterwards, it's uh, pretty cool to think that uh, what Kevin was able to accomplish during the course of his career. So as much disdain as they have for Garnett's bitterness and his sour attitude towards things, like Taylor's not perfect But I don't think Garnett's helping anything either with this sour attitude. I I, I really don't. I I think there's two sides to that story. Both of them need to come together uh, and that day will come, hopefully someday. Maybe Garnett will never allow it to. Maybe Taylor gave up. I don't know. It just kind of is what it is. But Garnett's jersey will be retired someday. (laughs) Hopefully not too much longer. Hopefully. Um, But Yes. Bottom line, Garnett, yes. I, he's top 20. Top 15, no, but top 20, yes. When you look at the, the grand scheme of things, it's pretty interesting. That guy. That's a story for a whole nother day, and boy, there's still a couple more posts, but not that much in the comments. <sighs> Jimmy Butler says, yep, he expected to play, and has a message for fans boo me, and they did. So, they booed him. Vince Rubano said, he's turned into such a wanker. Derek 85 Turner says, the fact... That they haven't traded him yet is ridiculous. He's doing everything he can to get out, and management is matching his petty by keeping him around. Yep, it's a pissing contest. Scott Doherty says he's a joke. Get rid of this clown now. We need to move on from this big distraction circus monkey. Let's focus on the players we have that want to play here. Yeah. Nicholas Simon says, So lame how this was all such an orchestrated publicity stunt. And it really was. It really was, Nicholas. And again, whew, I, I went on and on for a while. Oh, that was it. Whew, I went on and on with that Garnett thing again. Yeah, it, it always gets me going because there's so many years Garnett was here for so long, and so many stories, good and bad, mm-hmm. that took place. The the tanking and the and the you know whatever it is. So there, there's been a beef for way too long. But Glenn Taylor should have never said that. But eventually, Garnett's got to let it go. You can't hate forever, man. That's not gonna. It's not. That's not gonna be a solution to anything you know unless Taylor did like an unforgivable type of thing which yeah, I don't think he did I really don't think he did so with that I'm gonna finally wrap up the show Whew, long long season introduction about an hour and a half Whew, I was afraid it might get to two hours luckily it didn't get that long but it's a biggin and that's the whole point it's been a month since the last show what was it September 20th today's October 20th so here we are today getting caught up with everything discussing this and that and of course uh well, we're sitting here wondering. I'm looking in the beautiful blue October sky right now, which I'm going to go out and enjoy despite the cold wind out there. But beautiful blue sky right now. God, it's gorgeous. I, I love having a window right in front of me when I'm doing the show now, which I kind of didn't, which I didn't have in Brooklyn Park. Just beautiful. Um, but you look in the beautiful blue sky and you think, well, what's next for the Timberwolves? <sighs> Something is, but I don't know yet. And it's going to take a while to get there. It's going to take a while for the Wolves to trade Butler. It's going to probably be a whole different uh, market, as I heard on a local radio show today. Yeah, a, a whole different market um, for his uh, trade proposal. If he keeps playing anything like he did against Cleveland, they might get some really sexy offers. So that's when hopefully the Wolves honor. Uh, that Glenn Taylor honors Jimmy Butler's wish because supposedly there was an agreement made. You play, the but, the agreement was Jimmy Butler... You know, with Glenn Taylor, you play and be respectful and, and be a team player, this and that. And Glenn Taylor's side was, we will trade you. So just be patient, basically. So that's the agreement. And We're going to have to wait and see. I would sure hate to see Jimmy Butler just walk and we get nothing for him, but who knows? That might happen, and that would mean Thibodeau fired and without a doubt. And I think Thibodeau should be fired anyway, but we're going to have to wait for that as well. New coach, new president and all that good stuff hopefully a nice young whippersnapper also that can help uh help the guys to help replace Butler and be a good young whippersnapper like a Josh Richardson and a nice young up-and-coming whippersnapper of a coach too I mean we need to get the next young talented coach the Wolves need a young coach to lead a young group of players I think at this stage it's the only hope they can all grow together and be something special With that, I'm wrapping it up for real now. (laughs) I want to wish all of you a nice, wonderful uh, weekend and Halloween up and coming. Maybe I'll have a show between then. And if not, happy Halloween. Stay smart. Stay sober if you can. And if not, well, stay sober or get pulled over, that type of thing. Be smart. I'm a sober type. So, yeah, So, yes, I'm uppity. I'm proud of myself. I'm a sober type. For those of you that aren't, just be smart about it, and God bless. So with that, uh, hopefully this dry weather continues. I love it. I'm admiring it so much. And I wish all of you a wonderful week or two. Again, fall cleanups are coming up extremely soon, so expect a sporadic release of the show, including busy schedules at work. Wonderful little Saturday off today, and I'm appreciating it oh so much that I could get this show out. With that, again, the Wolves make the playoffs. Hopefully, they got to beat Oklahoma to do it. Before I step away, I will give out the contract details, of course. Uh, the phone line, it still works. Dylan's still doing it, even though the sportsstuff.com, I think, is done and dusted as you guys stay in Aussie. 209 736 7877. 209 736 7877. It is a voicemail. Do treat it as such. Mention you're calling in for the Tim Rules Explosion Show. Do your statement, shout out, comment, question, and opine. There's a three-minute limit to it, so be mindful of that. Dylan will then send it to me and I will put it on the show here in the Fan Interaction segment. There's also the other routes. Uh, There's the Call Now button on the Facebook page, which will go right through your phone to the same phone line and same thing, same exact story there, but a quick way of doing it. Also, the final route is audio submission. Use your, which I highly recommend, by the way, highly recommend. Use your smart device's uh, audio recording application, which is free on every single thing. Obviously, there's billions of them, but usually there's a built-in one as well. Treat it like a phone call and save it and send it to paladino live at yahoo.com. Paladino live at yahoo.com. All this information, including the Facebook page, Twitter account, and this email address, will be in the show description and the phone number as well. With that, I wish you all again a wonderful week. Take care, and we will talk to you next week or two or three. <laughs>